Today is Thursday, August 25th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 475, featuring Heavy.com's Sean Devaney, is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Hey, everybody, one last August edition of Celtics Beat, and then we'll be into September, and then we get to say, hey, guess what? Basketball next month. But we're we're not quite there. We're still wrapping up summer before all the kids, and maybe some of you out there, go back to school. I don't know. Thanks for being with us either way here on August 25th. Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti, we're here with you as always. And, of course, our good friend Sean Devaney of Heavy.com mentioned him earlier. Sean, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you? Well, I have a question. So we've had uh, your buddy, your employee, actually, Steve Bullpett on this show uh, a number of times, good friend of the program. And, uh, you know, we always great when we have him on. And I I got to thinking about this. So Steve has mentioned, you know, as we know, with the Herald for for decades and, you know, his most reliable voice out there, you know, when it when it comes to the Boston Celtics and news and and all of that for such a long time, we we take the man for granted. And then he has this sabbatical and then he lands with you at heavy dot com. And he is just he is gushed about his time, not only at heavy, but working specifically for you, you as a boss when he has joined us. And I I can't help but wonder, is it that you pay him too much? And he just feels indebted and needs to constantly, you know, praise you or do you not pay him enough? And so there's a little bit of, you know, kissing up going on and and he's looking for a raise. I mean, could what's what's the there can't be a middle ground here. Yeah, well, maybe I have some photos that he doesn't want to release <laughs> to uh, the general public. Uh, no, I mean, Steve's great. And, uh, you know, he's he's such a pro. Um, you know, we were really thrilled he had uh uh, a big story a few weeks ago. He broke the fact that 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 the Nets that that Kevin Durant was going to meet with um, with 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 Joe Sy. Uh, so you know, just just a pro, and he's always somebody I wanted to get into the fold with heavy, just because when I when I've walked around, uh, you know, you walk with him during summer league, for example, and you can't walk ten feet without him, you know, seeing somebody he knows and 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 talking to somebody. So you know, just just, just such a great old pro. So yeah, happy to have Steve aboard. Yeah, he's uh, he's a lot of fun. He's always very gracious with his time when he comes on with us as well. Usually between workouts, Evan. Yeah, last time we caught him coming off some interval training, and uh, I, I felt kind of bad because you can tell he literally just got in from his run and then threw a button-down shirt on and just knocked <laughs> right. on the Zoom. Meanwhile, Adam and I are like, yeah, this is, you know, we're just <laughs> hanging back, relaxing. Meanwhile, may Steve, as well have been eating Doritos on the yeah, stream. Yeah, like, you know, just, yeah, Doritos, Cheetos, you name it, you know, just shoved it in my mouth. Um, but he's, yes, that's the, the thing with Steve. He's so dedicated, not only to his craft, but his body at the same time and just making Adam and I feel terrible. I mean, I'm, COVID has not been kind to me. Uh, I'll just tell you that. Um, so I'm, it's, it's sort of encouraging to see Steve and maybe inspiring a little bit, go out there and do some, I think he's like four or five miles of interval training, which is, I think, absolutely insane. But, uh, if you can go out there and get it, get it done. It's just, it was, you know, every once in a while he had to cough a little bit and, uh, take a drink of something. But I, I the fact that he, sh- somehow shoehorned us in there and was terrific <laughs> by the way yeah uh, oh, yeah. we got really yeah. deep into psychology with that one and we made some use of his psychology degree we went 
I think we went Emmanuel Kant a little bit. I think we had some, wow. I think we had some, um, maybe some Freud in there. We had a, we had a good philosophical conversation, which ended up, you know, proving to be, you know, in a way like Adam to, to shoehorn this back into us to be right about the Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant thing. Like this isn't going to be a thing. This isn't going to happen. Uh, you know, nothing's guaranteed in life. So let's just, ha- you know, stick with what we got because it seems like it's a much more fun ride. That's just to bring it back full circle here. We were correct once again, Adam. Well, look, I mean, pra- praise be to Celtics beat is, uh, is is what we were saying at the start of last week's show with uh, Mark Murphy. And, and Celtics beat strikes again, man, because we've been telling you for weeks, if you've been listening to this show, that this was not going to happen. Kevin Durant to the Celtics and more than likely Kevin Durant wasn't going to be traded at all. We have been, I mean, I don't even have to like back it up. Like the, the tape is out there. The, all the all the videos are on YouTube and the shows are on iTunes. Go back and listen and, and you'll hear it for yourself. This is what we have been harping on with our, our various great guests that we've had over the last month or however long. But you mentioned that Sean, Steve had the story about Kevin Durant meeting with Joe Sy. So obviously he does. That ends up going nuclear. And then people start to think it's it's a matter of, you know, when, not if, obviously. And then we get the report just a couple of days ago as we sit here that kumbaya all all is well in the world in in nets land uh you've got sean marks coming back and steve nash is coming back and kevin durant is coming back and kyrie irving despite being left off the season ticket holder release seems to be coming back and obviously ben simmons will be there and and so all you know we have to take the net seriously again as a, a true contender in the east and we can get to that a little bit later on but i uh i i i guess i i have to say with with this now officially not happening, not that it's any real surprise to us. Um, what, 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 what do we talk about? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, you know, it did get us all the way to, to August 25th. We're now one month away from media day. So, uh, you know, thank you, Kevin Durant for that. You know, I, and, and, you know, look, I, there are some that question how hard the Nets really tried to trade him at all. Uh, and you can put together a pretty good list of players that team said, we will not give you this guy for Kevin Durant. It was, uh, you know, whether it was Bam Adebayo or, or, or Devin Booker, Scotty Barnes was, was uh, an eye opener from, from Toronto. I think for Kevin Durant, when he had to realize that this whole thing was over, he had to fold his hand was when Memphis said, we're not giving you Desmond Bain for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had to say, well, that's it. <laughs> if they're not giving me the Kevin, if I can't get traded for Desmond Bain, then, then that's it. I'm going to have to go back. to it. Yeah. And uh, obviously we'll, we'll see what comes of it. And, and look, I, I don't want to say that it's dead in the water, dead, like, you know, corpse floating at the top of the ocean, dead, but it's certainly dead for a long time. Like I, I think this will probably, depending on how the teams are performing and certain players are performing, this could obviously be revisited come the trade deadline, uh, whether behind closed doors between those organizations or in, in the sense that it's just the the rumor mongering. I mean, Sham Sharania had the uh, the report uh, just yesterday or the day before that officially, like he's saying on the record. The Celtics offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and one first-round pick. That for sure was on the table for Boston. And and just to be perfectly clear, we have not said, like as we pat ourselves on the back, we have not said in past weeks that this was never a thing, like it was never discussed. I have no doubt in my mind Brad Stevens reached out and did his due diligence. But obviously it was decided on the part of the Celtics that 
either we don't want to give up Jalen Brown, or let's say the offer was on the table, including Jalen Brown, as Sham said, the price is too high. The asking price is too high. We're not willing to go to that length. We like our team that is currently right now do nothing to it. The odds on favor to win the NBA championship, never mind dealing for an almost 34-year-old Kevin Durant. And Brad has, you know, come out. He he spoke with WEI and Nesson with the, the Jimmy Fun Telethon and, and Ime Odoka as well, both of them saying that, look, we're in constant communication with with all of our I don't know about all the players, but all of our key players, and that includes Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart, and these guys, they know what's going on. We're very transparent about what's going on. Didn't deny that there were any trade talks, but said, this has not been a thing for us for a long time. You know, this, like, I don't know why this is all, this is me adding these words in, but I don't know why this is all being talked about right now. We have moved on quite a while ago, which lends credence to what Brian Windhorst said a while back as well, that. Well, yeah, there was an offer, but that offer was, you know, way back when. That's not a thing now. So going forward, ignoring the Kevin Durant part and just Jalen Brown, obviously, because that's that's what Celtics fans care about. Is there anything that needs to be worked through or is this just part of the business? Jalen's mature enough to understand that full steam ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly what you hope. Uh, You know, are there hurt feelings? You know, you can't you can't really control that. Um, You know, I think if you're the Celtics. Of course, like you say, you talk to the Nets. Uh, of course, Jalen Brown is going to be the guy who comes up in any kind of discussion of when it comes to a trade for, for Kevin Durant. So, you know, you have to sort of accept that that's how it is. Uh, and, then, and then you've got to be able to move on from there. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, he can, he can take this a number of ways. Uh, but the way he ought to take it, from, in my view, and, then, you know, that's, take that for what it's worth, is, you know, hey, look, you were discussed for Kevin Durant, for one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Uh, and in the end, the Celtics didn't do it. You know, so it's not only were they, were they, were they having this discussion, but in the end, they said, no, we're not going to give you Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Uh, and, 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 you know, so in the end, that's, that's how that's going to be taken. Uh, and, you know, really the only reason the Celtics got dragged into this, uh, because so many teams had conversations with the Nets about Kevin Durant. Uh, but but the Celtics had the best offer. They were offering the best player in terms of the discussion. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's a long way from, from having the discussion to, okay, let's get this done. Uh, and they were never close to the, okay, let's get this done stage. But but just in the discussions, Jalen Brown was the best player there. So the Nets put that out, you know, leaked that in order to set the market for the rest of the team so they knew what they'd have to offer. Uh, and, of course, the Celtics just are, are sort of left holding the bag and, and there are folks in that Celtics organization who kind of uh, are a little resentful towards Sean Marks and the and, and the Nets right now uh, for having dragged them in that in, into things that way. That's 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 something that I think uh, uh, has left a bitter taste in the Celtics' mouth. But I, I don't think there's any any question that 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 Jalen Brown will, will be able to get past this. You know, we're uh, still two years away from him being a free agent. Uh, I don't. I, I'd be shocked if that somehow factored into a decision that he makes as a free agent two years from now yeah my curiosity is sorry real quick for sean because i'm i am fully on the record and have been and haven't wavered i would not have done a deal for kevin durant involving Jalen brown but what about you would you have done it yeah i would have i would have you know i i i I love Jalen brown and i love what he brings uh if you don't have to give up marcus smart uh you know if you get into giving up marcus smart as well uh, then, then um, I, I'd probably back out there. Uh, 
but if it's just Jalen Brown straight up with Kevin Durant, uh, I think Durant still has three good years left uh, at least, uh, and that's going to give you three chances at a, at a championship. Um, you know, that, look, I think the Celtics are good enough to win a championship with Jalen Brown, uh, but I think Kevin Durant makes them unquestionably uh, the favorite. So I would have done, I, and, and, and I can certainly understand why the Celtics didn't, but I would have. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention was, you know, Mark was pretty adamant about this when we had him on last week. You know, he, he has a source that's very close to Jalen that says Jalen loves Boston and that, yeah. you know, all, all the stuff that's coming up is, you know, the, the, because he has two years left and we have to talk about the, the possible extension coming and the fact that he could leave for nothing because that's happened to Boston a few times in the past couple of years that, that the discussion has to be entertained, but, you know, Mark has been pretty adamant about this. And look, I don't have any sources. Adam, do you have any sources? I don't. I'm not I mean, not sure. on this Jalen Brown issue. No. So you know, it's it's like you, I'm going to trust the guy that's on our show, who's 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 got a guy at Jalen's camp that says, you know, Jalen Jalen enjoys being in Boston. And, and as I said last week, you know, him going to that Roxbury you know Park event is huge and really great, and it shows that Jalen is committed to being a part of the Boston community, which I think is very very important. Um, again, as, as much as we all love Kevin Durant as a player, I mean, we go around the horn here and everybody's like, yeah, you know, Durant's maybe the best scoring forward of all time. So it's not like we don't have a ton of respect for, for what Kevin Durant brings to the table. But I do think that Jalen Brown is, it is significantly more important to Boston with the off the court stuff. And I, and I think when you value that with the potential to have him for, you know, most of his career, I, I think, I, you know, and, and it's not like, Ime and Brad haven't said this to the media either. It's like, well, think of the names that Jalen's being brought up with here. Like, it's not like Jalen is being talked about in trades for, you know, end of the bench guys. These are the cream yeah. drop of the NBA. This shows that. You're not trading him for Desmond Bain. Right, right. This shows <laughs> that the NBA also values Jalen Brown very highly. So um, maybe, you know, the fact that we have him here, I think we're going to keep him here. And, and, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, and, you know, this is something that I think we're going to talk about a little bit later. And maybe this will be our way to segue. Um, but like to go back to something that Sean said, you know, the, the Celtics brass doesn't seem too thrilled with the fact that this came out from Sean's, right? The fact that this, this, this offer was on the table and, and, you know, Windhorse coming out and say that that happened a while ago, you know, put a little, you know, cool the flames of the fire a little bit, but, from what we know about Brad Stevens, and I'll go back to when he first signed his first contract with Boston, this is a guy that likes to work under the radar. You know, he, we didn't know he was a contender for the Celtics coaching job until it was done. And he was Helps on when your agent's your wife. Yeah. And, you know, he was on a plane to Boston to sign the contract. That's when we all, I remember I was at the gym doing, you know, sit ups uh, in the corner when I checked my phone. Oh, and Brad, yeah, hey, look, if, if just if, trying to keep up with Bull Pat, trying to keep up with Steve, you know, this was years ago, but I, at that time I was. Um, but, you know, he, I was, you looked at your phone, all of a sudden it's Brad Stevens, is a new head coach of the Boston Celtics. And we all were like, holy crap, where the hell did this come from? Because we were all talking about other guys, and Brad came out of nowhere. I was like, this, this makes perfect sense. Brad's a great coach. Like, so I, the fact that this came out, little resentment, I think like, there might be even more inclined to keep chilling just because of the fact that things happened, you know, without them having any say in it, like this got out and it's like, no, this is not how we do business. Like, see you later. Bye. I think it, at that point it was, it was over with that. That's, that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, there's no question that. And I was, by the way, I was in mile 20 of a marathon. When ah, I this guy. Coming so. up the home stretch, only 6.2 left. <laughs> Jeez, guys. I was so, probably I mean, sitting I'll, on the I'll couch scrolling my phone waiting for yeah, the news. But, but no, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You know, this is, this is something that, you know, after those initial discussions, it went nowhere. I mean, there was nothing discussed in August between the two sides. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, that's, that's, that, that helped push Kevin Durant and say, I've got no, you know, you know, I can sit out, I can do the Ben Simmons thing here, uh, or, or I, or I'm going to have to go back to, to Brooklyn. There's just nothing else there for me. Yeah. I can't, you know, I, I just Kevin to Durant, the same team doing the same thing. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Take, takes us to a danger, dangerous territory with Ben Simmons too. Like I, I hope for his sake. That uh, this is totally off topic, and so we won't spend more than a moment on it. But I hope for Ben Simmons' sake that you know he—I I don't, I don't even know the right way to phrase this. Like it's—I—I I, I hate for him to like if there was a, really a, a, a legitimate back injury and obviously enough mental psychological issues going on uh, to to where you know it would be a real shame if all of that stuff was going on. It's still like the Ben Simmons thing, which is just sitting out. I don't want to play, you know, like that's, that's what we term the Ben Simmons thing. You know, it's, I, I feel bad that the guy may or may not be getting a raw deal. Like I hope it's legit in the sense that it, he had a good reason. I don't want it to be legit. Cause I wouldn't wish it upon him, obviously, but I, 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 I would hate for him to be have like, have just, you have that stuff attached to you when you've got a real problem, you know? Well, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I, at the same time, to not show up, you know, to not show up for camp. To not oh, yeah, there, no, I know. You know, I mean, all that indicates that, all right, that, that it's, uh, you know, even if you're dealing with mental health stuff, even if you're dealing with uh, physical stuff with the back, you can still show up. You can still try to be part of the team and, yeah. and look at Kevin and Love. See the doctors and things like that. Yeah. No, I mean, Kevin Love is, is, was obviously the first one to, really bring attention to it in the NBA. And uh, DeRozan, you know, DeRozan has openly talked about this too. Yeah. And DeRozan yeah. has turned himself into, I mean, you know, 1A or 1B in Chicago and a very fun mm-hmm. Chicago team. So, I mean, like there, I mean, we all hope that Ben gets the help that he really needs and, and he hopefully he heals. Because the, the, look, like the NBA is more fun when Ben Simmons is actually playing basketball. Like, let's just get that out of the way, you know. Yeah. NBA is more fun when Ben Simmons isn't taking threes. It's <laughs> But I bring it back to, go ahead. Bringing it back to Brad, though, uh, you know, just to piggyback off of what Evan was talking about. We've we've talked about this on past shows as well. And and now I think people are spending more and more time on it. Like our, our buddy Greeny over at Barstool comes on the show from time to time. He wrote an article about it the other day, too, is that, you know, Brad is. I think with whatever it was, 15 years of Danny Ainge, we got very used to the will they won't they and what don't we know and what is he telling us versus what is reality and and honestly being the the average general manager in in terms of you know the way they operate like you're sort of a professional liar and that's an expectation that's not a criticism brad though has been about as transparent as a a a president of basketball operations can possibly be in the year plus since he has taken on this role you know you you think back to obviously moments last year in the regular season more notably coming out of the playoffs when he was asked what does your team need 
specifically, hey, we need playmaking, we need bench scoring. Well, they go out and they add Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari. Like he he may not have told you the specific guys, but he specifically, you know, telegraphed for you what yeah. Boston wanted and yeah, and the and, the and the the the, the forty eight TPA he pretty much said we're probably not going to spend that. So yeah, yeah. He, after he, adding he, Brogdon, yeah, he was uh, yeah pretty open and upfront about it, and so. You know, with this Kevin Durant stuff, he had been saying in the limited interviews, obviously, he's done in the last month or two, any opportunity, he he said, I love this team. This is our team. You know, don't he these weren't his exact words, but the message was don't pay attention to all that stuff. And sure enough, Celtics either weren't all that involved or weren't all that serious about it, or it's just so far in the rearview mirror for him versus the present day reporting that again he laid it out for us so i i you know the 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 point here being for anyone that's saying Kaufman, stop rambling is <laughs> pay attention when brad stevens is talking because he he really hasn't steered us wrong at this point no it's true it's true and age age was a much different and much different approach for a few reasons too though i mean age also you know had been a player had been a coach uh you know had done with a lot of the politics of, of an NBA front office from, from every angle. So he kind of, he knows how to work that sort of stuff uh, and, and work it to his advantage. Uh, but he also, you know, don't forget for, for a period of about five years, he was sitting on some of the best assets uh, in the NBA. So anytime mm-hmm. a player was unhappy, whether it was Paul George or Jimmy Butler, whoever it was, going to come back to the Celtics and people are going to talk about it. There's going to be all this, this whispering. So some of that was, was sort of going on around Danny Ainge and some of it was stuff that he was actually fostering. Uh, but Brad, you know, kind of comes from, from Butler, you know, and, and, and there, there's not a lot of that NBA politics that he, that he's had to deal with uh, in his, in his career. So, so yeah, he's always been, you know, he's good at, he was this way as a coach as, you know, kind of avoiding subjects that he doesn't really want to talk about. He'll answer all the questions. Uh, but you're right. You know, I mean, when it's when it's something that that he doesn't have an interest in in in, in hiding where he's coming from, he'll be straightforward with you. He has been that way uh, as a coach as well as as a GM. Yeah, I want to mention real quick uh, before we move on that our our good friends at Bet Online, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Make sure you check them out. First reviews uh, and news of of every single league as well. It's not just basketball like we're talking about obviously. You got Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf so you can pay attention to all of it. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting and props and futures. The NFL season's right around the corner. Patriots for instance are finishing up their preseason in Las Vegas tomorrow night as we sit here and then it'll be a two-week focus on the regular season. Pats are plus 500 to win the uh, the, the divisions. That's not great. Uh, plus 2,800 to win the conference, which is actually worse, and plus 5,000 to win the Super Bowl, which just seems incomprehensible. For all things NFL betting, though, make sure you go to betonline.ag. You can look at Celtics and NBA futures as well. There's a lot there, including specific player futures. Uh, probably no longer able to bet on Kevin Durant's next team since that's all been declared at this point. Uh, bet on uh, division conference, Super Bowl futures as well across the NFL, as mentioned 
place a wager on the exact outcome of each division if you would like to. You could even place a ticket on which team is going to score the most points throughout the year. The Bills are favorites at plus 600, led by Josh Allen and talented offense. 20 more special season props available to you right now at Bet Online. So we encourage you head on over there. Use the promo code CLNS50 for the welcome bonus if you have not bet there at Bet Online before. You can uh, use your mobile device. Join today. We, uh, again, encourage that you do so. Our good friends at Bet Online sponsoring this podcast for a long time. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, uh, Ev, I cut you off. What were you starting to say? Well, I was, I was first off, uh, trying to find the odds just very quickly to just give Bet Online a little more plug here. If you somehow believe that the New England Patriots are going to win the division, um, I would also just uh, advise you that uh, you might want to double down. If the Pats win the division somehow, I would probably throw some money on Mac Jones for MVP. So if you're looking to maybe stack <laughs> them a little bit, there's no way the Patriots are win the division unless Mac Jones is like on another planet. So yeah. uh, if you're if you're willing to go that direction, I would just advise you think about stacking Mac Jones MVP. Pats the division, and then if you think they're somehow going to make the Super Bowl, just keep adding the Pats to that. Because if it hits, and it's going to be a rare opportunity here, but it, it, there's no way they're doing all that without uh, Mac being amazing. However, Look, man, let, let's not forget that you know Mac Jones until the last what two three weeks of the regular season last year, he was the odds-on favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know yeah. that's a that's a, a hell of a leap from Offensive Rookie of the Year to most valuable player of the league. But uh, you know Mac Mac was doing pretty well for himself for a while. Yeah. Jamar Chase ended up having an insane finish. So yeah, uh, that was all known void. But the one thing I want to bring up about Brad is last year, we heard so much about them bringing in somebody else to help him with the Pobo job as a GM. Now, you know, we talked about internal promotions, you know, Mike Zarin possibly getting the GM job. Um, I think maybe Allison Feaster was, was talked about maybe, you know, getting promoted in that particular regard. Um, there were reports and I loved it just because, uh, I loved watching him in New York and I loved his Modell commercials, his Modell's commercial. Um, but having Landry field step in from Atlanta as a GM, I thought was an interesting thing, but we haven't heard anything about that, Sean, um, at all this off season. And, and pretty much since last off season, we haven't heard anything about this. Um, it, a, are you hearing anything about that? And B, are we not hearing anything about that? Because Brad has done such a good job of building this team between getting rid of Kemba, bringing in Al, getting Derek White, the the Brogdon and, and Gallinari additions. Like this team has done a really nice job filling in the holes. Are, are we just confident going forward here that Brad's just got us all figured out? We don't really need anybody else in this front office. Yeah, I mean, it, that's 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 what it comes down to is is that you don't really need to hire somebody if you don't need to hire somebody. And and I think uh, you know Mike Zarin's uh, as as good at in the league as there is in terms of you know working out the numbers and and, and all the, uh, the the payroll stuff and, and and being creative with that sort of stuff. And he also has a lot of relationships uh, with, with 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 people around the league, which was one of the concerns with Brad. You know, was was you know, how is he going to be able to, to do the, uh, you know, the backslapping and the, uh, and the, and the late night, uh, uh, phone calls and stuff like that, that you've got to be able to make and, 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 and kind of knowing, uh, the personalities of all the guys. Well, they, they, they've got somebody who's been doing that and that's Mike Zarin. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think that, that, that they found themselves needing, uh, anybody to do that. It doesn't mean that, that, that it won't be something that eventually comes up again for them. Uh, but, you know, certainly at this point, 
Uh, yeah, there's, it, it hasn't been a real issue, you know, that, 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 that they haven't been able to get deals done that maybe they would have gotten done otherwise. No, they, they haven't had any problem. I've talked to agents uh, who say that, you know, it, it's actually a little easier to work with them now. Um, you know, that, that, that everything is a little more uh, streamlined, straightforward and all that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I think that, that the front office right now is, uh, is working as it should be. Well, let's uh, let's continue to uh, not just praise Brad, but wonder about what uh, what what he's going to do going forward, because there are still because uh, after weeks of the the whole, again, Jalen Brown, Kevin Durant, some of the feedback that we received from listeners. And I don't blame them, by the way, if you're out there listening and you felt the same way was cool. Could we talk about this team and like the actual team and what this team is going to do going forward? Well, let's let's do that. You still have some open roster spots available on this club, Sean. And obviously, you've uh, even though the the M48 TPE is in the rear view, you got some other smaller TPEs going forward. You reported on heavy.com. The Celtics may have some interest in uh, Justice Winslow, which kind of made me chuckle a little bit, not questioning your report, but made me chuckle because I feel like Brad is, it, it, it's almost like, like Danny left his shopping list in, in the drawer before he left the office. You know what I mean? Like, it, all right, well, Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. Let's, let's get that done. Uh, pursue Kevin Durant. All right. Let's look into that. Do our due diligence. That's well, not going to happen. Justice Winslow. been wanting to make that one happen for a long time. Let's see if we can go there. So uh, tell me what's, what do you know? And what's the likelihood of this happening? Yeah, it's not going to cost him uh, uh, several draft picks to, to, to get <laughs> like him. Four first-round picks? Yeah, I, I mean, what, what, what I was writing about was mostly just, you know, what some of their options will be uh, if they decide to use those TPEs. So they've got two of them. Um, they could probably use a wing, and they could probably definitely use a big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's a matter of whether they get to the point. And I do think it's going to be a break glass in case of emergency sort of situation in season. That they that they make those decisions on on those kinds of things. So a guy like Justice Winslow, you know, playing for Portland, uh, which you know thinks it's going to be a playoff team, probably is not going to be a playoff team. And if you get around November, December, early January, uh, you know, they might be looking to, to to dump some pieces. And that's where if the Celtics find themselves with an injury or or in some need of depth, that's where you get a guy like Justice Winslow who can come in. Uh, and, and you bring them in on a TPE. The Celtics don't want to use those. I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's be blunt. They are at 20 million over the, the luxury tax right now. Uh, and at, at 20 million, every dollar you spend from here is taxed at $3 and 75 cents. You spend, you get a $5 million player like Justice Winslow. You're going to pay 19 million bucks for him. Uh, and and that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for the Celtics. But 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 those those things are there for them to do uh, in case of emergency. And that's that that's where a guy like a, a Winslow can come into uh, uh, come into play for them. Is there a move a non trade a, a free agent signing that that you're waiting on before this season? I, I know how deep they are. They're in my opinion. I think in many people's opinions, they're the the deepest one. <laughs> excuse me, one through 10 in, uh, in, in the entire NBA at the moment. And, and if not, certainly in that conversation, there, there aren't too many teams that you'd put, you know, around or in front of them. But again, with those open roster spots to, to fill out, I don't know if these are guys that'll end up getting signed. They just wind up in, in, you know, maybe there's a two way goes to the G league or a guy that just winds up on the bench on short money that never plays, but are there vets out there that you think would be a good fit that could wind up on Brad's roster here? You know, I, I think the, the way they're going to continue to approach it is what we've seen them do so far, 
uh, which is, I think they have, well, they've got 12 guys on the roster, so they've got three open spots. Uh, probably only fill two of them. Probably going to go 14 guys on this uh, on this roster, I'd imagine. Um, and, you know, they're going to have an open competition camp, which is, you know, sort of a typical thing that we see uh, in the NFL. We never see it in the NBA, and I think it's a great idea to do for those last couple of spots. Uh, you know, I was talking to a coach about this, about, about uh, a coach for a Western Conference team, about what the Celtics are doing. And I was like, why, why didn't every team just do that? You know, you've got a month. Let's, let's see what these guys can do. Have them go head to head. And he goes, because, you know, contracts. I mean, you know, most, most, most teams come in with 14, 15 contracts on the books already. They can't afford to, you know, bring in guys and, and have open competition. They're already guaranteed. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, the Celtics are in a pretty good position with, you know, bringing in Noah Vonley, bringing in uh, Kevin Geely, who I, I, I think probably has a decent chance to actually make the roster uh, eventually, if not out of the gate, then, then, then to have his two-way uh, converted. Um, um, you know, Caboclo and, and Denzel Valentine and Jackson, you know, all the guys that they're bringing in, uh, you know, I, that's, that's, that, that's a pretty good way to go. And I, 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 they might add a couple of other players to that mix, uh, but that's, that's how they're going to do this. I think it's a pretty good way to go about it. You mentioned him, but would you feel reasonably good if you're Noah Vonley right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to make of him. You know, when he's when he's had a chance in the NBA, he's done okay. Um, you know, I was looking at at some of his stuff from China, uh, where he played last year. Wasn't that impressive? And <laughs> I mean, if you're playing in China and you're a legitimate NBA player, you should average thirty and sixteen. Like that should be a, your baseline. That's how bad the Chinese league is. And he averaged something like fifteen and eight. Uh, and that's that's that that's not encouraging. Uh, but, you know, certainly at his age, I think he's 25. I mean, he's still a young guy. Um, you know, it still has a, I, I, I'm a little higher. It's almost more alarming, by the way. Yeah, right. Exactly right. That, that he's still in the prime of his career, which should be the prime of his career. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I think he has a good chance, um, you know, certainly as a guy who, um, you know, you can sit in and have as your 11th or 12th man. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not afraid of that. Same with Jackson and Valentine. You know, I think that. That, that either one of those guys would be a good end of the venture for them. Uh, but, you know, to me, I, I, I think Kevin Gilly is probably going to be their best, uh, their best option in the end. This is something we've talked about with Gary Washburn a lot, and it's a clear difference in the way that Brad and Danny fill out the end of their rosters. And, you know, it's funny to hear, you know, your uh, particular point about how one Western conference coach actually kind of admires what Boston's doing. And the one thing I'll say is like, look at the guys that you just named really quickly off the top of your head that are competing here. Denzel Valentine, you know, Noah Vaughn, like Kevin Gelly's maybe the one. And I'd say Kevin Gelly, Hauser and, and JD Davison, if, if Davison has even a shot here are like the, the greenest guys they have in that capacity. It's a lot of guys have kind of been hanging around. Like Justin Jackson's been, you know, people forget he's been in the league for a couple of years now. And when he was coming out of college, you know, he was a guy that people thought would be a really nice three and D player, at least at least a good three point shooter. Um, you know, he showed that in college at least. And I think his first couple of years in the league, he was a decent three point shooter. But they, they have guys that have been around. It's not like Yabuselli or Ojale. And I'm not trying to disparage my guys, right? Like or, or Carson Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Carson yeah. Edwards, you know, Taco Fall, who just got a, 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 a contract in China throughout for. From my guy Taco, hopefully you can uh, make a boatload of money out in China. Um, it, 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 right there, you go. It's it's not a bunch of guys that are. Man, we hope this second round pick really pays off here. <laughs> like like maybe we got the next Draymond, or maybe we got the next you know no Nikola Jokic, or maybe we got 
most of the time those guys aren't going to pan out. And when you're a, a championship caliber team, having that really good depth to, you know, the iron sharpens iron thing is one way to view it. And the other way to view it is, hey, if somebody something catastrophic happens, like if a Brogdon were to miss a lot of time, you know, you still have Derek White, and then you still have Peyton Pritchard. And then if, you know, worse comes to worse, now we're on our fifth guy in J.D. Davis. Like, it, that's it, – it, it, instead of having that be the third guy off the bench, that's now breaking – we're talking about breaking case of emergency. That's that's breaking case of emergency. I think this is the clear biggest difference, that in trading first-round picks, the biggest difference yeah. between the way Brad sees things and the way Danny saw things. And again, I think this really comes, Sean, specifically with the idea that Brad has been on the bench more recently than Danny had been. Danny had coached a little bit, but it's not like he was Brad Stevens good. Um, And Brad has a a little bit better pulse of what the game really needs right now. So, again, I think it's a smarter way to build out your roster, to create good competition, um, and to create better chemistry. They're going to have – a bunch of serviceable guys fighting for ultimately two spots. And that's a really strong place to be in my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's definitely a good thing. It, it's also indicative of the fact that, Hey, we're ready to win. You know, I, I, we're not worried about developing uh second round picks. I mean, that's something that obviously they're going to focus on JD Davis and they're going to have him in Maine. And, and of course they wanted to bring him along, uh, but that's not going to be the focus of guys on the roster is 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 you know bringing along a 20 year old at this point that's not what they're trying to do they're trying to win and and they're trying to win now and uh you know they want to have themselves injury proof and and covid proof and all those sorts of things they want to be uh you know ready for that uh in a way that maybe they haven't been in recent years so uh yeah this is an indication uh not just of the difference i think between between brad and danny but also a difference in like how, how ready are we to actually contend for a championship, not just for, uh, you know, the first, second round of the playoffs. Just because uh, Evan sent me down a rabbit hole when he was talking about that, I, I couldn't help but start to Google a little bit. Um, Brad Stevens in his eight years as head coach of the Boston Celtics. Either of you like to hazard a guess at his winning percentage? Mm. 59. 56. Evan? 56, 557. So you're right there, man, right there. What about in the playoffs? And I will tell you that there were 78 playoff games that he coached. Well, that's a, I got to tell you, that's a pretty good amount of playoff games for a first-time NBA head coach. Well, he was, in the, he was in the playoffs every year but his first. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I'm going to say three trips to the conference finals. Right, there was a all, lot. All those conference there, finals you know, trips are losses. all like seven games. So it's not like yeah. those are easy ones to get by. Um, 78 games. Say, if you can either guess his winning percentage or just the record if you want. But 78 he's around, games. He's around, well, I'm going to guess like 46%. I'm going to say, yeah, 32 and 36 would be my guess. 38 uh, and 40. 38 and 40. 30 so the winning 40. 487. Now I bring this up. Would you like to uh, guess Danny Ainge's winning percentage in his. <laughs> Four years, not four complete years. It was it was about a third of the games as Brad, but four years in Phoenix, his winning percentage. Oh, I think they had uh, at least one good year. I, I'll I'll say right right around maybe a little below five. I'll say forty eight percent. Evan, I'll go fifty one. Yeah. See, this is this is why I looked it up. 
because I remembered things a little differently than you guys did, and I wanted to confirm. Danny Ainge in his four years, again, not four full seasons, never had a record below 500. And he had one year that he won 56 games. So his winning winning percentage was 602. Wow. Danny Ainge is a head coach, 602. He went 136 and 90. And then just a dozen hey, that playoff despite, games. And that, that was really despite boring. all the players hating him. <laughs> yeah. The players couldn't stand him. Got yeah. it done. Yeah. In uh, just three and 12 in the playoffs, though. That was not so great. <laughs> wow. I just, I just, I, I felt that I felt the need to give Danny his due there. I wanted to, I wanted Better to recognize him. <laughs> 600 winning percentage is pretty good. Yeah, I never it is. That is. Uh, so, guys, we haven't touched on this at all, and it's been uh, a pretty popular talking point as it relates to the Celtics over the course of the last few days. And that's an interview, lengthy interview, an hour-long interview that Jason Tatum did with Taylor Rooks and Bleacher Report. And uh, if anyone has not listened to it, I encourage that you do so. Um, or you could check out some of the clips that have been shared on social media. I don't know if either of you has listened to it in full, but I'm sure you've checked out some of it, obviously. And uh, I got to say, Tatum was Tremendous. It, it was a, it was a great interview. Uh, we, again, you know, just to uh, celebrate all things Celtics beat, we, we were just, I think it was last week we were talking with Mark Murphy telling you that, you know, Jason Tatum has this rap for not giving you anything and not saying anything publicly. And if you actually pay attention and you put him in a setting where he's really comfortable, whether that's with JJ Reddick or Taylor Rooks or basically people who aren't beat reporters, uh, you know, all due respect, he's, He's a great interview. He's very candid, and he's even getting more open in those settings as well. But in in these settings, where he's just loose and relaxed and isn't hurried to go somewhere, you know, and he's he's talking to somebody that he's comfortable with, he is so transparent, and he is so good and so comfortable and gives you a lot of great stuff. I mean, I didn't – and he said basically – we're not going to, like, regurgitate the interview, but he said all the right things, like all the things that you would want to hear as a Celtics fan about – his desire to win about Boston and his relationship with Jalen Brown. And as Evan and I were talking about before this show, parenthood and, and, you know, his perspective as a a young father and becoming a father at 19 and so many different things. The only thing I didn't like from it, if I were to nitpick anything was when he was asked about the Kevin Durant stuff and working out with him and, and, you know, the pictures. And I have just to be abundantly clear, no issue whatsoever with Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum working out. If you're Jason Tatum and you have the opportunity to work out with Kevin Durant in the summertime, you should take that opportunity by all means, grow your game, work out with one of the legends of the game, be friends, do it, love it. I think it wasn't the best look timing wise circulating the photos with your own personal photographer, putting them out on social channels that you hired to come and be there to document this stuff amidst the rumors that, you know, your co-star on your team and Jalen Brown could be swapped for this guy. I didn't think that was the best look, but everything else, great. Loved it, Sean. Yeah, no, I agree. And this has certainly been more of a uh, a summer in which Jason Tatum has been willing to to get in front of cameras, which he, he really hasn't done a whole lot of uh, in his five years uh, in the NBA. So that's been nice to see him kind of uh, you know, being a little more open and being a little more of a personality uh, that uh, that we don't. Because you do talk to people in that organization about, you know, well, who's 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 sort of the leaders, the chatty guys, and and Jason Tatum comes up within the team 
But, you know, if, if you're a reporter, then you're like, wait, Jason Tatum? Is that what you just said? Because that's not how he kind of conducts himself uh, uh, when, when when all of us are around. But, yeah, you know, uh, and, and he had an opportunity to at that uh, the, the movie premiere, the Point Gods thing earlier in the month. Uh, at, at that point, he could have said, uh, I don't want them to trade Jalen Brown. I want to be with Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, on the floor, you know, forever, you know, he could have, he could have said something really strong then and he didn't, he kind of just said, well, I let the basketball people do the basketball thing. And that, that, that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. That was a real opportunity. I think to just kind of yeah. say, I want, I want Jalen Brown to, uh, to be in Boston, uh, and didn't do it. Uh, but, but, you know, I agree with you in general. I mean, I think it's been great to see him, uh, sort of, sort of out and about and, uh, uh, being a lot more public, being a lot more of a personality. Um, I think he's got his eyes on uh, uh, some post-LeBron James marketing dollars down the line. <laughs> I think that's 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 where all this is heading. Well, and he's certainly rolling in a in in a you know a, a high circle there with Jay Z and Kevin Hart and hanging out with LeBron and you know going to the Draymond's wedding and steps there and I, like he's obviously he is. He's he absolutely you know we've we've had that we've quibbled about whether or not you want to qualify him as a a superstar on the floor and and obviously he's right there and and I'm sort of the one that's still resistant to fully giving him that title but superstar status off the floor without question there's no debate in uh, in that I I guess the only thing that I that I wonder off of what you just said Sean is do you worry about any of that rubbing Jalen Brown the wrong way, you know, that, that obviously he could have made a stronger statement. Didn't he, you know, could have not posted photos amidst trade rumors, working out with Kevin Durant chose to the, the, that he seems so deliberate to walk that line so that if a trade doesn't happen, cool. We have Jalen. If a trade does happen, cool. We have Durant and he's just right there in the middle. Yeah, no, and that's 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 exactly why I why I say that to begin with. It's just that I would like for Jalen's sake uh, to have to have Jason Tatum come out and 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 be that definitive and say I want I want Jalen Brown uh, to be in Boston. I want to keep playing with him. Um, you know, he's 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 said things you know right around that. He's kind of circled that, uh, but he had some real opportunities to be pretty definitive about it. And certainly, like you mentioned, the. Uh, the photos with with Kevin Durant um, and and look, plenty of guys. I mean, you know, Zach Levine talked about how playing with Kevin Durant in the Olympics, you know, really showed him how to be a superstar and how to raise your game to that level. So it doesn't surprise me that Jason Tatum, uh, you know, would take that same same lesson. Uh, but but at the same time, you got to be aware that that of, of how everything you say, do, and what you put on social media is going to be interpreted. Yeah, and he's going to learn that too, though. And that's like part of opening yourself up more for more interviews. You know, part of that is learning what you have to say and what you don't have to say. And he's learning. But I find it very refreshing, as Kaufman and I were talking earlier, that it seems like there's just no drama with Jason Tatum ever. I mean, this is really just really nice in a, in a league where, you know, some of the superstars can be, you know, tough to, you know, get a handle on. It seems like we have a pretty good handle on Jason Tatum. I just think it's really great. And, you know, you see – some of the international guys like Giannis is a, a ginormous deal. Uh, Luca, well on his way to just otherworldly superstar status. Um, you know, Jokic is amazing, and I I think he's extremely popular internationally. Um, so I, and my and he's like one of my favorite people to watch. So I think he's trending in an upper direction. You know, Embiid 
is training. But these are like international guys that are really becoming where like the 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 American superstar, right? You have this era of LeBron and and Wade and you know Carmelo. Um, those guys are are coming back to the pack a little bit, and a new group has to emerge here. And I feel like we're going back and forth between a few different guys like Devin Booker and John Morant. I mean, Morant is probably the, the leader in the clubhouse or like most beloved American superstar of like the next frontier. But I think Tatum is clearly in that category of like some of the, the American guys that are, 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 you know, climbing the superstar ladder to the, the point where they are the face of the league, right? You have a bunch of international guys in the face of the NBA right now, at least in terms of young talent. I think, you know, the NBA is searching for the next guy. And I think Ja probably has a leg up in everybody just because of the highlight dunks. And it's so easy to watch him go viral or like LaMelo ball is like with all of his passing and his, and you know, the, the full court passes. And there was one the other day where he's at mid court and wasn't even looking at the guy and did a behind the back pass. Like the Tatum is maybe, you know, trying to slide in there and try and navigate those waters as well. So I think like, some of his demeanor and some of the way he speaks is has that maybe in mind of like, I can't, I have to be a globe. I have to be an ambassador for everybody. I can't just pick and choose like certain guys. I have to be, you know, Switzerland on everything because, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen in this particular, like, cause the, the NBA shelf life, things are always moving around. Guys are always changing teams. You just kind of have to pander to everybody at this point. Right. Am I looking maybe too far into this? No, I think that's a good, it's a good point. And, and, you know, I mean, I think, um, what was it about, about a year ago, maybe not even a year ago when, when Tatum was talking about how much he'd love to play with, with Bradley Beal, you know, that, and he took some criticism for that because, you know, pretty much the same thing because, all right, if they're going to get Bradley Beal, what is that going to mean? I mean, they're mm-hmm. going to probably trade Jan Brown. Like they would have had to have meant that at that time. So, um, you know, I do think that, that, that there's, there's something to be said for, for being Switzerland, like you say. Uh, and there's certainly something to be said for, getting to a point where you understand the way LeBron does, for instance, that everything I put on social media is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be turned around and twisted mm-hmm. and it's going to be put into a different context. So you have to be really, you know, have to be really uh, uh, conscious of, uh, of how that goes. I think that's something that's uh, part of the learning process. There. I just think some things are really easy to either walk back or course correct though, you know, especially when it relates to a guy that you've been teammates with your entire career, that people have been questioning whether or not you can coexist, whether or not you can win together. And and Tatum obviously has said, to, like to give him credit, he has said a number of times that he's close with with JB and 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 you know we're on the same page and we've had these talks and we want to win together and we want to be in Boston. We want like he's he's told you what what you want to hear over the course of time but sort of at some of these key milestone moments, like you talked about, you know, amidst trade rumors, he could be more declarative. He could come yeah. out and say, we want to finish the job. Like we got to the finals last year. We got to game six. We lost, you know, I, I wasn't great as, as he talked about in his interview, JB for the most part was, and, and, and we want to climb that hurdle. Like we've come this far, we've gone to the Eastern conference finals X number of times. Now we've reached the finals. We've added to our team. We are the favorites. We want to represent. We want to be that team. And you've said all the right things. You've pleased Celtics fans. And then if a trade happens, 
you very easily, if you're Jason Tatum, just say, look, I mean, Jalen Brown's incredible. We had an unbelievable time together. Obviously, we had a ton of success. Mission wasn't, you know, accomplished. The team feels that, you know, Kevin Durant can get us there. I've played with KD at the Olympics. I've worked out with him. He's incredible as well. And, you know, we're going to have a blast and it's on to next season. Like, it's done. It's easy. He's done nothing wrong in that statement. I'm sure he could, you know, find a way to put what I just said even more eloquently. You know, and, and that sort of appeases all parties. And you don't need to catch yourself in the middle and have that even be a criticism. Yeah, I, and like I said, I you know I, I thought especially because that this was early August when that when that movie premiere was and 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 it was very much uh, you know a hot top, uh, topic uh, and and the, uh, uh, the the talk about the the offer that the Celtics had made that had just come out yeah. and, and here's is Jason Tatum with his first uh, you know for the first real opportunity to really say something definitive and he really didn't at that point and I thought that was strange. Have any parting thoughts before we wrap this show? I was just checking to see if we missed any news yet. But it looks like we're <laughs> yeah. still pretty clear here. Um, Dom's Woj Bullpet. Anyone tweeting anything? Not anything yet. But the one thing I want to bring up, and this is uh, news whether because of uh, what we saw today with Chet Holmgren and him being out, I think, for the season. Yeah. Um, which sucks. I got I got to be honest with you. I saw this one coming a mile away for two reasons. One, we all talk about the frame and how much of an issue that was going to be. But two, you know the Thunder are taken for Victor Wembanyama. So this is just another one of these things where they're just going to keep acquiring top graphics. Well, that's why I tweeted that. I said, like, this, you know, this blows on the one hand, but on the other, like, the Thunder are going to land a a tremendous prospect to pair with him a year from now. Yeah, they're going to have him, Poku, and and Chet, and it's just going to be the longest, blankiest team in the history of basketball. The one (laughs) thing I want to mention, because he got hurt playing in a Pro-Am game, and Jason Tatum recently played in a prime game that was shut down due to poor basketball court conditions with the condensation uh, from the court. And all I want to say is I want to thank whoever made that decision because nobody got hurt in that game. Yeah. Uh, as you get hurt playing basketball at any point and Tatum, boy, he had 20 points in the first quarter and change. So it wasn't like he wasn't heating up or anything, but he didn't have the opportunity to get himself hurt. So whoever made the decision, um, in stopping that game, made the correct decision, folks. And as much as it, and I, and I love the Jonte Murray's. Um, I think it was like an Instagram post of like NBA guys, please play in these pro ams because it's the only opportunity a lot of people are going to have to see you play because it's cost so much to go to a basketball game now. And I thought that was a, an incredibly good way to put that. But at the same time, like you got to still be careful of what you're doing because anything can happen at any time. So. Um, as much as I agree with the Jante Murray's, you know, uh, sentiment, uh, uh, about the idea of playing in pro-am games, I'm very, very happy because I'm Tatum has been like, I'm going to knock on all the wood, like humanly possible right now <laughs> has been incredibly durable throughout his career so far. Um, and it's one of the things that I admire maybe the most about him. And we didn't talk about the fact that he played, we finally got an, uh, a, a, a final, um, report from Tatum that he did play through an injury during the NBA playoffs. It was his wrist. Um, we yeah. all thought it was his shoulder because if he injured, he injured it and had a stinger for a while, but it was more of his wrist that was bothering him. And he t- detailed how he would have a wrap on and then take it off whenever cameras were around. Cause you don't want anybody to know that he was dealing with this, which I totally understand. 
Yeah. Um, but we have a little more closure on why maybe Jason Tatum didn't look 100% in the, especially in the NBA finals, because he was clearly dealing with something. It might have been fatigue mixed with that too. But again, having closure on that, then the ability to recover from that, go to a pro am and not get hurt. Like these are all very, very important things and to understand and learn. Um, and, and, you know, thanking the basketball gods that they stopped that game before things got too out of, out of control here. But I, I don't think we mentioned the fact that Tatum finally came clean about what he was hurt about. And now, again, his performance in the playoffs, he had brilliant performances like game six against the Bucks, but then he had a lot of stinkers too. And I think we have a little bit more of a reasoning for that. I found it weird, Sean, that people were like, well, see, this, if Tatum were healthy, they would have won the whole thing. That's not a necessarily a given. By the way, everybody, that's not necessarily a given here. You still have to play the games, but you know, at least put some context to the people that are freaking out that Tatum wasn't so great. Like, there's a there's a good reason for that. Tatum is still a very good basketball player, and something was clearly bothering him uh, in the NBA Finals specifically. So, I think we the fact that we have closure to that makes me very happy. Yeah, no, I, I I'd agree with that, and and yeah, you know, just just that he played through that. I mean, just he played through that. He played through the shoulder. Um, you know, he did what he could to try to hide that injury, uh, which is smart because players will go after, you know, if they know that you've got a fracture in your wrist, they'll go after the fracture in your wrist, especially against the NBA Finals. Draymond. Uh, especially if, Dray- if Draymond Green's around, right? So, uh, yeah, but I, that, that, that was impressive. And, and I believe he said it happened uh, in February. And you look at the second half numbers where he averaged 30 and a half points, and we all know how well the Celtics played in the second half of the season. Uh, that 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 makes that all the more impressive as well. Uh, but you know, it, it's 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 been a knock on him in some corners that he lacks toughness. Uh, I think uh, we can flush that one down the toilet. Well, another Celtics beat in the books, and this one uh, was was not entirely focused on Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant being swapped for one another or not being swapped for one another. So that's good news. We talked about, you know. Some of the fallout, obviously, but that's all relevant going forward. And maybe next week we don't even mention the name Kevin Durant. Who knows? Now it's probably possible. We probably will. Yeah, I mean, if if Bet Online had odds on it, I probably wouldn't take the number. But uh, you know, it's it's possible, however unlikely. Sean, thanks for joining us as always, man. Been a little while. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, I, I mean, look, you're uh, you're one of the top. You're one of the top bosses out there. How could we not bring you on? <laughs> All right, this show again powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. For Mr. Devaney, Valenti, Kaufman, thanks for hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Wherever you find your podcast, we'll talk to you again in September. September.